Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Magician Nelson Lugo. Hi, I'm Nerdcore rapper Schaefer the Dark Lord. We're best friends who hate each other's guts. And we co-host the Epic Podcast. A monthly show in which we discuss comic books, video games, television, movies, our debilitating emotional problems, and Batman. So much Batman. That's the Epic Podcast on the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Be safe, internets. Bye. Seriously, so much Batman. Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. This is Brian. I'm here with, oh my God, everybody. This is because this is the fullest cast we've had in months and months, but I'm so happy you're all here. For our microsode. For our microsode. <laughs> Not <laughs> even for a full cast episode. Let's pretend it's a full cast. So going, uh, we got clockwise around the corner here. We got BJ. Yo. Oral. Hello. Jeff. Hi. Eric. Howdy. And Pat. What up? And we are here gathered today in our fullest form to talk Colonizer, about- Colonizer, don't you dare. We are here to talk about the glory- that is and forever shall be Black Panther. Wakanda, Wakanda for- forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> no, that's the Chibari. Yeah, I know. That's they that's, are part of Wakanda's glory. Now, you, first of all, Baku was were, not cool with it at the beginning. No, they are part of the original five tribes. Sure, get it right, <laughs> and they have more claim to Wakanda than you do. They're like the Which, Brooklyn of Wakanda. Like, I never, actually, I never. I know it's the Bronx. They're like, oh, the Bronx. Yeah, I was going to say, they're like, they're more like the staunch, like, traditional sort of thing. I don't know, they're hot. Oh, Let's the, talk about it. They so, are the hottest. Food. Yeah, so, there was a whole chain of Mbaku oh, thirsty references. I want, oh, God. I want everyone to know we are gathered here today wearing our finest geeky apparel. However, Oral, summoning, I don't know if you, did we talk about this? You no. were wearing... Such a delightful outfit. Is that the, is that the tashiki that you it's, wore? It's a dashiki. It's yeah. dashiki. Tashiki. Did you wore to the premiere? Tash- yes. It's a tashiki. It well, the thing is, is that I've 
I've always worn like dashikis through my life, especially because there was a time where my mother wanted us, well, her great aunts wanted us to learn about Kwanzaa. It's not my first time. I can trace my mother's side of the family for the most part to Barbados at around like 1880, 1890. After that, we just automatically know how we got there. <laughs> uh, big, sip of the, the tea. Big drink it. Please be careful not to spill it. Mm. But, um, so dashikis are nothing new to me. I purposely got this literally in June because I had outgrown all my other ones. And, uh, I wore this to Black Panther and saw it at the whitest theater I could so I could look people in the eye as I walked through. And that would happen to be the Winter Park Village. I was going to say, it had to be Winter Park. Because <laughs> when we went and saw it downtown at the Plaza Theater, there a lot of people were dressed up in really cool things. Oh, yeah. The Shikis, uh, like Da Shikis. Sorry. Da Shikis. Like different Black Panther t-shirts. I mean, there was, oh, God, there was a really good slogan and I forgot, like, for, completely forgotten. But still, it was so well received. We were very happy to have that audience. Yeah. I saw it in Waterford on opening weekend on Saturday. And a good mix. Uh, not as many dashikis. I saw like the 410 showing mm-hmm. uh, on the Saturday. Uh, but as I was coming out, like the massive amount of people going in for like the early evening starting showings, there was a lot more uh, uh, colorful presence of, of clothing, whereas before it was just kind of very, that very sounds bland. sounds racist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, considering. And I'm going to need you. I know that's your brother and you, but. Wow. I'm going to need you to try to keep it together. I'll have you know, Jeff basically just said uh, that, that get out meme. Where he's like, I have you know, I saw a Black Panther opening weekend. Have you seen I that going on? Not really, because I also saw it yesterday. Oh. So, I've seen it twice, and a second time I saw it at the Winter Park Village. Meme part two now. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, I will turn this over to Oral and BJ, because y'all had a different experience than An I did. An organic understanding of this movie in depths of levels that we will try to convey, but many of you will not understand. And I- I- Hashtag Killmonger wasn't technically wrong. The, the man had salient points. Not gonna lie. Ooh. Salient well, points. Let's back up and just talk <laughs> broad strokes first. Because some people, I don't know why, may not even know who Black Panther is. Oral, can you tell us from your perspective as a comic book auteur and heavily researched aficionado, if you will? Purveyor, I would even say. Thank you. Of, of Black Panther. What would you say Sounds in a nutshell? Perverse. So, Black <laughs> Panther is a character that was created decades ago. Um, in that black exploitation kind of like vein, he is the king of a fictional world called Wakanda. And why Wakanda is important is that it's in Africa and it has never been colonized. Um, it has never been conquered. And they have this amazing resource called vibranium, which is the most indestructible metal on the planet. It came from asteroid no a meteorite yeah yeah meteorite meteorite that crashed to earth you know thousands of years ago it can absorb any vibration any impact it is versatile in so many ways and it's allowed them to progress to become the most technologically advanced nation on the planet but because what we learned in this election (laughs) white people gonna white They've been really standoffish and very isolationist because 
They know that their resources are their own. And when you look to the left and the right of your neighbors, you see that Africa got plundered during the imperialist phase of the Industrial Revolution and then some. And so they have stayed autonomous. They have achieved great feats, but they're not really the most approachable people. They're hidden. I mean, they hide yeah. themselves in plain this, sight. Yeah. Kind of like the idea of fictional idea of Atlantis. Or El Dorado. El Dorado, like amazing technology, but hidden away because they know that the world is kind of terrible. So they're just not even going to risk that. And so what you have in this setup, in, in this new masterpiece that is a cultural touchstone and moment, you have the first depictions of Wakanda and all of this society that has risen uh, without external influences and how they now have this external threat, which we find out later is internal, and how Wakanda must stand, but Wakanda must change. And I I will tell you flat out, I cried during this movie. I cried seeing daily life in Wakanda, whether, and I've said this multiple times, whether you were in the pastures, you know, herding like cattle, whether you were, you know, walking to an important meeting, selling food in a, uh, like a vendor stall. The food cart, the food yeah. cart part is like really got to me for some reason. To Probably because I'm fat. Seeing a, de- yes, seeing <laughs> a depiction of pride. There's this overwhelming sense of pride that exudes. It's like the antithesis. It's an aura. And and it's so hard to remember the last time I've seen that. And I'm I'm not saying that I haven't. It's just it's so few, far, and in between. Because usually when people are black people or people of color are depicted, they're either, you know, gangbangers or, or, or barely making ends meet. Like, even the outsiders, which, you know, we'll get into the Jabari clan, when you go to, you know, their stronghold, yeah, they live in a very rocket and unforgiving place, but they are doing very well, and I felt at peace and serene in M'Baku's presence. Mm. <laughs> his throne room. I felt I felt a lot of things in his presence. Viva's throne room was very, very nice. It was all oh, centered around his legs area, some... and I was okay with that. Yeah. Um, so right. let's go around the room, starting with the most important people for this podcast. BJ, oh. what were your first initial thoughts after you had watched Black Panther? So, so... I'm a, I'm about to I'm about to emotionally dump some nonsense on people. Um so I my my mother is like African um and my dad is like as black as midnight. So I look very ambiguous as far as race goes. Mm-hmm. So watching this movie and like when they showed Wakanda, I was like, oh, man, that's pretty fucking awesome. And then when they dropped the bombshell about Killmonger and how he kind of was abandoned by his own people, that pretty much sums up high school for me and the bitterness I felt. So Killmonger is probably the most identifiable, identifiable villain for me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the whole movie, I'm like... Yeah, I don't disagree with any of his motivations. He is not wrong at all. Like, it's just one of those things where, like, I could see everything from his point of view mm. 100% clear. 
Like there was no, I had no questions about his motivation and it was very rare to see kind of that whole idea of like, you have this culture that's just like, we protect our own, we're together. And then you have that one mistake, that one blemish that comes back and just fucks your shit up. But I love the response of T'Challa. It, that was like, the whole time he's like, I, like he was furious. He was angry. He was like, this is not our culture. This is not how things are supposed to be. And that whole plot line of the movie just, I mean, it was, it was masterful. It was art. I mean, that was art. He's, he's part of the broken line. He was taken from this culture and this heritage that he'd only heard about, but never got to experience. And to find out that, you know, through no fault of his own, that part of that is, is ripped from him. It's post-colonialism. Like, you know, once the colonizers make it, regardless of what happens even if you grant like you you fight for your independence there's never a going back home home doesn't actually exist for for eric and even when he ascends to the ultimate like seat of power he doesn't fit he doesn't fit and it's heartbreaking because you can see this is what he's always dreamed of not ever ever okaying genocide you never go for the women and children. No. You never go for the women and children. But to see that he doesn't fit because he can't go home. Home is that what he knew in, let's be real, the projects in a high rise with his dad. You know, seeing people getting gunned down. Like he's been raised in this very brutal sort of world where it's, he's developed this us or them mentality because that is how he survived and seeing that in a setting where that doesn't have to be the case anymore and how he can't acclimate is is his ultimate flaw and that flaw necessarily isn't in eight i'm sorry in eight it is he is a product of his environment he is a product of his his upbringing and the lack thereof and and what happens when you are literally a dream deferred because at the end where you have that moment where you don't have a resolution because there is no resolution there are just only more questions that you have to bring up he sees what like this is like my father was right like like wakanda is the most gorgeous place on the planet and and the kingdom was so lost to him. Mm-hmm. Jeff, you've seen it twice. I have. And? I loved it both times. Mm-hmm. I was excited about it going in just because I know Ryan Coogler. I was a big fan of uh, Fruitville Station and Creed. A uh, big fan of Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. I, f- I felt that he was robbed in his chances. Johnny Storm, I think that could have, if done better, changed. Funny, funny enough, he is also the other actor in the MCU that has played Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm. Yeah, uh, besides Chris Mr. Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah. You have that meme where it says, uh, where it's a picture of Chris Evans and Michael B. Jordan. It says, two out of two human torches have been redeemed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he also uh, voiced Cyborg in uh, the Flashpoint animated film. Really? I did uh, not that I didn't know. He yeah. did. Uh, He's done a whole bunch of sports video games, too. Yeah, and he was also uh, on Friday Night Lights way back when, uh, oh, the yeah. TV show. Uh, he's a giant anime fan. Uh, he turned in a, a, an amazing performance. He talked about like his research to get in the mindset of Killmonger. He basically cut himself off from like 
any kind of social contact and made himself isolated for like seven months leading up to it just to get in the mindset of somebody like, like you said, Oral, who has no home and is angry at everything that's been denied to him simply by no fault of his own, just because of who he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, that being said, I loved the visuals of the movie, uh, the performances, especially from, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was in Get Out and he plays one of the, the leaders of uh, one of the five tribes. Dakai? Yes. Yeah. He, that was, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. He turned in like that, that impossible fine line of, uh, of being, you know, he is, his heart's in the right place because he has his parents killed by claw. And he has this vendetta in his heart, and Killmonger was the first one in his mind to actually pay attention to it. But he still was so easily turned against what the true beauty of Wakanda is and what it could do for the world instead of well, what we're going to make the world do for Wakanda. I like the soundtrack of the movie. Mm, yeah. The percussive beat that like is going even through some of the quieter scenes, but it gives this this kind of pacing to the film that always keeps you involved. There's never some big, grand, grandiose orchestral swell without this this thump that you, it's like it's it's a human heart. It's when things are tense and things are picking up, the the beat matches that. And and probably the biggest part that I loved actually is T'Challa's sister is Suri. Suri, I want to be Suri when I grow up. Like oh. the heart. Of I like. I love the fact that like they flashed to technology back in in the nineties at the beginning of the film, and it looks like what Tony Stark is doing current day. <laughs> yep. And then it's like, well, let's see what somebody with bigger brains and bigger resources can do from that. And then yeah, and she's a complete smartass, and she doesn't even let like I know that Mbaku kind of kind of hits up against it, where he's like, you know, she doesn't even like our traditions. Like, well, she does, but she's also a futurist. So she wants to she wants to show how traditions can change and how we can improve things. And like the best quote is like, just because something isn't broken doesn't mean it can't be improved. Yeah. And I feel like that's actually the the mindset of Wakanda. Like Wakanda's Wakanda's doing just fine. Technologically, uh it I, I love the technology actually on on a side tangent, like how they have this advanced technology, but it's perfectly imbalanced with the 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 surroundings. Nature of, of, and, yeah. and all that, yeah. It's not imposing. It doesn't force something out of it. Uh, but then, yeah, it's it's uh, it's still something that even their their cultural mindset that like, okay, and spoiler, by the end of the film, they're like, we can do more to help the world instead of just cutting ourselves off. Which, and which I can't wait to see the consequences of that sort of thing because, like in the comics, we get to see it every now and then where maybe a piece of technology gets stolen or something like that or wakanda just gets fucking destroyed uh, just tidal uh, wave yeah thanks uh, namor yeah, yeah. seriously but it's just like i i was i every time both times i saw the film when i left the film i i had this this unlike other movies where it was like yeah it was a lot of good action it was good you know i felt i felt excited from seeing the film just because of what the film did mm. eric the movie was amazing I mean, I left it understanding that it was very important. While it was not necessarily as important to myself as a colonizer, I at knew least it was, you know it, your flaws. I, it's not your fault. I knew it, it was important for a large group of people, and it was amazing to see something like that. And and to me, the movie was all about the women because yeah. they were just 
badass, all of them. Just when T'Challa first gets back from his mission and seeing Angela Bassett there in all her regal glory. Queen Regent Ramonda. Yes. It was glorious. Costumes, sets, everything was just beautiful and and it lit yeah. black people appropriately. Huh. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what's <laughs> funny? By a white woman who's going to be the first woman nominated for an Oscar for cinematography for Mudbound. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It well, it was one of also. It's I was thinking about this on the way here. Is that I feel like it did for women that wonder what Wonder Woman did for women, like it it's doing for the black community. It's just one of those things where like. Like, I, there was a guy that saw Wonder Woman, and he's like, well, I didn't really get it. And I was like, well, yes, because it was written by a woman for women, and if you happen to enjoy it, then you enjoyed it. It's, it was one of those things where it's just like – and it also shows, I guess, like the old people in Hollywood that are sitting in their offices counting their money that, you know, letting letting people own their own identity on film – is also profitable. It's one of those. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, somebody somewhere was like, "This isn't going to make any money. I'm not going to be attached to the, attached to this project." And then, surprise! It's the highest grossing Marvel movie of all time. Mm. Oh, Pat, it was fantastic in the way that they were able to. You didn't get an origin story. You got an origin narration. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the fact that we got through, like, this whole first opening segment, which was longer than most movies usually do. Before the credits, yeah. Yeah, the, the pre-credits scenes with the narration and kind of giving you that, that touchstone because you've already seen Black Panther. And you see how T'Challa becomes or has to become the Black Panther because uh, T'Chaka is murdered in the, the explosion in Civil War. So you didn't need an origin movie? No. You needed an origin narration, which they did well. Very well. And it wasn't a superhero movie for the most part up until the final battle. And then it got a little, you know, Snydery crazy, which... Lots of CG. Oh, God. All the CG. Oh, my God. But during the least daylight and not in the rain at night and with a big floaty boss. Well, it was in the caves and the thing, but yeah. Well, there wasn't a big horned CGI monster for them to... Oh, wait. The rhino. I love the rhino. The rhino was great. Oh, my God. When they first went to the rhino, I was like, that's adorable. I miss Echo so badly sometimes. Just because we had a giant rhino in the window Mm -hmm. that we would, you know, play with. And then when they went back to the battle... And he was charging, and that Rana was like, mm, no, "No, I like her more." No, mama, and then licked, mom. <laughs> licked her face. I was like, "Oh my god!" I I let out a little squee and I clapped. But up until you got to that big battle scene, it didn't feel like a superhero movie. It kind of had that same, le- um, it kind of had the same essence as Logan mm-hmm. in that sense, where yes. it's really telling you a story, and it's giving you all of these notes and all of these beats and all of this lore and it's still a superhero movie Mm -hmm. and i think the acting was fantastic the women definitely stole the show um deny as a koye oh my god yeah yep the comment she made when they were in uh south korea when she (laughs) had to wear the wig she's like i i can't wait to take this fucking thing off and i was like i i know 
how many different women kind of adopt that idea about not wanting their own natural hair and everything. And it's like, I wonder if that, like you said, like it's supposed to be helping kind of give more power back to women, especially like Wonder Woman, but even black women, like to just like revel in their own selves and well, not try and... Absolutely. Every actress, that was a point that he had made. Every actress had natural hair, aside from the, the lace front fantasy that she was feeling for... <laughs> or she wasn't feeling it. We all felt it because she looked fabulous, <laughs> now, One it? guy felt it when he hit him in the face. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, wig is a weapon. I love it. But that was a point, And that really was, you know, you have the... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns different languages whether or not they're actual specific like you can pinpoint what it is but you had the guy with the plates in his lip and his like you had the clicking you had all these homages paid to african culture they use they use the south african language i believe yeah i can't remember what it's a click and a it's called hosa yeah yeah i can't say it and it just it was fantastic to see all of that being portrayed in a movie that is being received so well not just by critics, but by the mass public, because you do take these chances where, you know, as a as a community, as in a culture, you want to see these things, but you have old Hollywood going, we need more white men being the hero to save the day. And you're seeing things change where Wonder Woman is the the highest grossing DC movie the fact that Black Panther basically toppled Justice League's entire domestic run mm. in a weekend nice. is amazing. Like, that is just... It only had, like, a 47% drop for its from its opening weekend. And they said that was one of the narrowest. I think they said second week, uh, uh, the highest, second highest week uh, since Force Awakens yeah. for Black Panther. And, my, and um, uh, I had some friends that tried to go see it this past weekend, and they were like, every showing is sold out. Yeah, I, I my tickets were bought day two of online ticket sales. Well, and it broke records bought. for pre-sales. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. fantastic. Like, when you see these things, I may not have the same response as you or BJ Oral might have. But to see these things, to just break it down logically and by numbers and go, they're breaking records here. That's amazing. That's mm-hmm. what I want to see. As somebody that wants to see this community in this culture in these in the darkest timeline right now you want to see these things help advance the populace in general yeah that's fantastic and it really i mean going fourth and fifth or sixth in in this common in this conversation is tough because it's like i want to just echo all the same the same sentiments but i it was a great mix of comedy of seriousness 
Um, I do want to point out that there was one woman in our theater that won the entire fucking night for me. Ooh. And it was during the first post credit scene, the mid credit scene, mm-hmm. where T- uh, T'Challa is addressing the United Nations. And he's giving the speech about how, um, you know, there, and he says that there's more that binds us than divides us. And there's one woman in the theater and she, amen. And I swear I was like, yes, bitch. <laughs> yes. You are my new favorite person. I love you. You have won the entire night for me. Mm-hmm. But overall, like it just it's it's fantastic to see kids being able to yes. see this kind of representation. See the fact that they can represent their African nature and that culture and that that in in dress in just being able to feel proud of that. That's fucking amazing in this day and age right now. You know, there was at one point I had to run out to, to use the restroom and i knew i'm like it's fine because you're gonna see it again it's fine and, and you said you weren't gonna drink anything well you know what happened <laughs> and then i went to the bar and, and so i'm i'm standing there and i'm getting a drink and i'm about to run back in and someone comes up to me like this really attractive guy he was really happy to be there in a lot of different ways and and his friend and he says hello fellow king He's like, how are you? And I'm like, isn't it a wonderful evening? And like, we had this moment where there's so, there's so often when you have a group of just, you know, out proud, you know, black men and women or anybody of, you know, any culture that's not the, you know, established. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not sorry. People who aren't white, when they get together, <laughs> you think, oh, you know, look at these. You know, Asian Americans or, you know, from, you know, Jap- uh, Japan or, you know, China, Laos, you know, getting together and congregating and enjoying each other's company. And, you know, the, from the outside looking in, they're being like standoffish. They're being clicky. They're probably quote unquote talking about you when really they're just happy to see each other and they're talking about what they're going to eat for dinner. And, and, you know, sometimes when you are of a demographic where that is seen as hostile, where that is seen as an issue, like he and I would have never, I would have slept with him and his friend. I want to state that for the record. <laughs> May have never crossed paths. Like it, we weren't, you know, I wasn't this like black guy kind of like strutting down the, the walkway, grabbing a drink, you know, kikiing with my girlfriend. I was, you know, I was his brother. Like we were, bonded in this moment a moment that we knew took years you know like i wasn't alive for the quote unquote black movies where you had those like those touchstone moments talking about color purple coming to america and bear gordy's the last dragon now oh no no Tama. Oh no! No, bitch. You know that bitch came out on Blu-ray. You know everyone snatched it up to see to 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 live and experience that moment where I knew and the world knew exactly what I have been told and my 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 mother and people in my community have tried to instill in into me and I know you too, BJ, that you you descend from a line of kings. You should be proud of who you are regardless of what society says, because there is such a wealth and a, and a source of like treasure inside of you. And nobody can ever take that away from you. And we were invincible. 
that night. Brian, here you go. I love the movie. I'm not going to, you know, everything you guys have said is all true. The Dormelage for me was the coolest part because mm-hmm. I have only read more recent Black Panther and they're there, but they don't take maybe as prominent a role. I don't know. I haven't read the, the World of stuff. Wakanda. Did they play a bigger role in that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, World of Wakanda okay. is, is Dormelage. So I need to, I need to pick that up then. Um, but seeing that badass sisterhood of, of warrior women, I mean, I, I just, everything was great about that. Um, uh, I'm going to screw her name up. What was Black Panther's ex's name? Oh, Nakia. Nakia. Again, great character. Their relationship was complex. Wasn't the stereotype as much as you would expect in a comic book movie. I think a lot of the times the tropes that you would normally find weren't here or they were there, but with more nuance, mm. uh, which was nice. And the score, Jeff, you mentioned the Ludwig Goranson score combined with the Kendrick Lamar songs. It absolutely flowed seamlessly together. It undercut all the moments in either a very sort of Shakespearean way in certain key moments. The orchestras did swell up and make this very dramatic thing, but it came out of that constant rhythm and beat of, of some of the fight scenes and just some of the other quiet scenes. I love the tribal politics. Again, this is something where I've read uh, some Black Panther. Um, I actually just went back and reread Jason Aaron's Secret Invasion mm-hmm. uh, Black Panther series, which is only three issues and a lot of fun. But you don't always get that complex tribal sort of politics shown. You know, the uh, M'Baku is a fascinating character because in the Marvel mm-hmm. comics, he's a little problematic. Oh. Man, yes. yeah. Does he look as good in the comics? No. no. no, no, no. And he's also, I, I that, that he was is. the joke, is he's actually in the comic books, he was a cannibal. Or like his that whole group was cannibals. Oh, yeah, yeah, so when yeah. he made the whole we're vegetarians, that was, like, that was like a no, no, we're not, we're not. We're Marvel not did a great job in toning down some of the comedy. There's still comedic beats like that, but they didn't go as aggressive in the comedy department as some movies. Read Wasp and Ant Man or Ant Man or, or like uh, Thor Ragnarok or Thor Ragnarok certainly. But but, but that I, has I don't its know. Place. Sh- but I was gonna say Shuri was place. like the, Shuri was comic the relief. Comedic, yeah, yeah. The co- she was the comedic heart of a lot of the film, and I was. What all are you down wearing? What are those? What are those? I, um, you know what I call, call them? Sneakers. Oh my god! Because <laughs> you know they. Never mind. Uh, I do think that I would rather call Killmonger an antagonist than a villain, because I don't believe that. Other than offing his girlfriend very unceremoniously, uh, I don't see him as this cold-hearted, you know, mustache-twirling villain. I see him as a true, like Marvel antagonist. Representing a different point of view and a different agenda that conflicts with the protagonist stuff, which, you know. Agreed. And it it strikes to the heart of Wakanda's problem because for them to be moving towards this utopia society but turning a blind eye to the have-nots is problematic because what could they have done – if they had stayed, you know, like in this in this fictional world, if Wakanda had become this bastion for African independence to push back, you know, against these imperial forces, what could this world have been? What could they have accomplished? And once they had a united continent, what could the world have been? And, you know, it's it is it is a trade off because then you become this imperial force yes you you risk you risk a lot doing that because the thing about africa is africa is not a country it's a it's a continent and in this continent are you know country after country with their own rich diversity and and traditions uh, a more like a local version of that is the caribbean 
my my mom's dad like my grandfather my maternal grandfather is from barbados my dad is from tobago which is different from trinidad you know there's a lot of like back and forth which is why i apparently have this great love for mbaku because if there's one thing my mother and i will do is fuck up our lives for a tobagan (laughs) nice but you know, every island is different. It's like why, you know, Puerto Rico is different from the Dominican Republic. And the Dominican Republic is very different from Haiti, even though they're on the same island. It's why Cuba is completely separate from Guyana. Like, yeah, you have this like sort of diaspora when it comes to, you know, like the Latinx movement where you have this like, you know, African sort of influence and, and roots. But each and every one of us has a sense of pride and it's different. And where do you go? Like what's, what is the, the, the line that you draw on the sand where you, you help and you embolden, but you don't strip away what is intrinsically yours. And I think that's, you know, where a lot of these like thought pieces are coming out about, you know, me wearing dashikis. Can I find out where I am? Or my family has come from through genetic testing, we can find a percentage, but I don't know how we got there. Like I, I have a friend who's Ethiopian. Like she knows that, you know, we, like I, my family is from Ethiopia. I know about my culture because like there is a, a continuity that has not been broken. You know, a lot of Caribbean people don't have that. You know, it's like when you look at someone who's trinidadian you're like you know there's trinidadian indian which you know you have these sort of like indian features but you've been removed from from your quote-unquote motherland like it's just it's it's really sometimes painful to think about it's it's really painful to talk about but you know you see these resilient cultures sort of like try to move past that embrace what happens and then you have the ideal of what Wakanda is, which is like this singular like vision. And I was listening to NPR and Denai, who plays Okoye, was talking about um, her character. And Michelle Martin asked her, like, well, well, why do you think that she's so fiercely protective, not to like one idea of like the king or the royal family, but Wakanda? And she says, well... Like, Okoye fights for what we could have been, what we should have been. Because nerds are nerds. And they want to say, well, you know, like, Black Panther isn't a movement. It's just a movie, a movie we should let it go. It's like, this movie represents ideas that have been sort of, like, percolating in the community. When we talk about a sense of community, whether it be, like, you know, the the Asian community or the, the gay community or the transgender community, like... Or bisexuals, because you exist. And lesbians. <laughs> um, when you talk about those ideas, what is that about? It's about you banding together, knowing that you're stronger together because of all of these external pressures and, you know, prejudices that you have to fight. And when you stand together and help each other and then try to make the world a better place, not just for you, but people who look like you and for people who don't look like you, who don't speak the same language as you, but you know that you, you know, we're all part of one tribe. It's phenomenal. How could that not resonate with you? Why are you unable to see past these? I'm sorry. I'm talking so much. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
Uh, only to BJ. I'm only sorry to BJ. And then call the Pat. And when the revolution comes, I got y'all. Y'all have been pretty good. Brian, things Aww. aren't going to be great for you. You can be a collaborator. Aww. That's fine. He, I was going to say paddle, paddle vouch for him. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's my plus one. Yeah. Aww. And you only get one bitch to make it count. <laughs> I don't, no, you're still I don't, I don't know one. if I have enough authority to save both both Eric and, and Jeff. Now, I, now I'm good. <laughs> I will say this. The theater that I saw, and I saw it Thursday night, was packed. Except for one seat to my right. And I'm like, well, I'm here. And my homegirls are here. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joe. And I'm like, these people are over here together. Who fucking up? Who fucking up? And then I realized, because we're not ashamed. I know of a lot of people who said they bought multiple tickets for multiple showings. Not that they could be there, but they had. We we have to ensure that Black Panther makes money because the minute a black movie doesn't make money, That's the it. minute that that up oh, doesn't work, it's over. Doesn't work. It's never gonna happen. Like. Robert Townsend has been this like prolific black filmmaker for years. Mm-hmm. Yep. He still had trouble raising money for things. Spike Lee still has trouble finding funding for things because it, it quote unquote doesn't work. There's not like wide appeal. But- Which is interesting because in the past couple of years, you've had some really prolific films like Moonlight won the Academy Award. Oh, uh, well, you know, some chicanery. Tried to happen where they gave it to me. <laughs> and then you have Get Out. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, is that Jordan Peele? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you have Black Panther. Which uh, rumor mill is that Jordan, Jordan Peele bought um, Twilight Zone and he wants to do. He's hosting it or producing is he, it. Is he producing it? I don't okay. know if he's hosting it, but, but, but yeah, he's involved. Yeah. But. So that is that is our take. Any Any last statements about Black Panther? Uh, actually, um, I will have to say the one of the major things that the movie did that I actually didn't expect it to do, it kind of renewed my my want to see more Marvel movies. I will say this for Civil War, is Civil War did such a justice to all these new characters that they just kind of tossed in there and they're like, you know what, let's not do an origin story, let's just have them show up in this movie so we can get some stuff out of the way. Um, Because, like, with Spider-Man Homecoming, you literally – that movie takes place, like, a week after the whole Civil War movie. And then you've got Black Panther, which takes place, like – oh, is it a week? It's, like, a week or two weeks after after Civil War. Mm. So you've got this new phase that's about to start, and Wakanda has just, like, world – this movie has just world-built the MCU significantly. Because we pivoted. Yeah. Also – I love going to Korea and seeing this like den of iniquity straight out of like Casino Royale. Oh like, yeah, I thought was, it was the yeah. same place. <laughs> it looked like the, I was waiting for the Komodo Dragon Bridge. I'm like, that's where I want to go. I want to gamble. Also, Wakanda Embassy. If y'all are taking like Amnesty or like where do you apply? I can, I I will make my way. I will be an extra. I was uh, not. A, it's, I want to move to Wakanda. <laughs> I am done. Apparently, it's in Illinois. Yeah. Oh no! Fuck that place. <laughs> <laughs> not Chicago though. I like Chicago and Schaumburg. Shout out to Schaumburg. All right. So I think it is time. I, I'm pretty sure I know what most of these ratings are going to be. But 
It's time for flame ratings for our movie review of Black Panther. Oral. Tens! Tens across the board! <laughs> yes! So out of five flames, five. Five, five yes. <laughs> tens, tens, tens across the board from RuPaul. Uh, Jeff, of course, five. Eric, five. BJ, five black flames. <laughs> Brian, I'll give it five. And five for me. It's a fantastic movie. Go out and see it. Support this movie. It's, it is an experience. Also, those of us of a darker complexion, if you have not seen this movie by now, <laughs> your cards are instantly revoked. I'm looking at you, Cousin Pam. You, you, she voiced it on Facebook. I'm like, girl, it's Tuesday. <laughs> like your wife's side. What you doing? Y'all know. We'll, we gave you an extension. We haven't been calling people colonizers out in public. We, we've been asking, have you seen it yet? Everybody understands. We are done. Go see it now or don't speak. Don't speak. Oh, oh, one last thing. So my first showing was regular. My second showing was in 3D. It actually is really, really good in 3D. Is it? And I don't normally say that for a lot of 3D films. Like, a lot of it's like a tacked on thing. This actually, especially with the special effects, like, was, was sure and everything... It's really, really good in 3D. I would have liked to have seen it in IMAX. I felt like it would have given it a I, a bigger presence. Because honestly, the the screens at uh at the downtown theater were little, it just felt yeah, small. It, it also uh, broke records for IMAX huh? sales, and I but IMAX didn't release the numbers. But they were like, oh no, yeah, it, it totally broke records for IMAX sales as well. I think you're right. I think I'm gonna make a trip down to Point Orlando. Get IMAX 3D. Ooh. Get the full experience. Can you get some 4D? You get some rumble seats. Oh, yeah, Ooh. RPX in Winter Park. They they have actually, if you buy the ticket, it says Butt Kicker. Yeah. It's a little, basically a personal subwoofer for your yeah, seat. That's yeah. all it is. It's, yeah, it yeah. wasn't that great it's for Thor Ragnarok. Will it, will it shake every time the Jabari cries? Uh, a low Jabari hum. A low hum. Tribes. Every time Mbaku talks. When, so they, low hum. when they start coming out and wolfing. Mm. It tickles your taint. Mm. I'm a, is that mm, why I just hands-free organ? Never mind. Mbaku. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. so with that thank you all for joining us you can find us on facebook flame on we're on twitter at flame on podcast you could also find us on the instagram because you know i don't gram but a lot of people do we're you can on, slide into our dms on instagram mm, we're on Podchaser. you can leave a star rating for us also we're on stitcher. apple Podcasts and stitcher you're right bj Listeners, we are supported by you. We love everything about this show, and we love it when you support us. And even if you share us on social media, that does a lot. But if you do want to give us them coins, because, girl, I don't live in Wakanda. I don't I don't even live in the Jabari land. Girl, <laughs> I'm living in Orlando. And you know, it takes a, it takes a lot of money to keep all this running. It takes a lot of support. So if you go to patreon.com slash nerdy show, you can totally support us and the network. But, which is really the most important part, you can earmark dollars directly to Flame On and we appreciate that. In fact, our patron Saint Ron just recently did that. Oh, thank you, Ron. Thanks, thank Ron. You, girl. We're gonna just start saying "Flame On" brought to you by Ron. <laughs> hey, listeners like you. So he's the d- podcast sugar daddy. Oh, totally. At this oh, point, cool. yeah, yeah. All right, that's good.
We love you, Ron. He's coming to Orlando. He might, maybe we'll see. Get him on the show. We'll see. Oh, boy. We should. We actually should have Ron on. The show. Oh no, we've tried a couple times. So yeah, we're, don't we're be gonna... shy, bitch. I know you're not, he and just, I've seen half your body. He gets busy. I've I mean, seen all has... his body. Uh, <laughs> girl, we'll talk about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with another uh, full cast episode very soon. We'll be back in two weeks with a very special Dragons and New Spandex that is not a Rucap edition. Oh, thank God. With a very special guest that Oral was super excited to interview. Uh, it's already in the can, so we already know. Oh, my God. It was great. You might want to get some attention uh, tamer and get ready for for a very lovely and delightful episode of Dragons and New Spandex coming in two weeks. And in, uh, in four weeks, we'll be back with a full cast recording march is a long month you get three episodes this mm-hmm. month so enjoy plus it the plus the recaps plus the recaps every week working in the coal mines working downtown <laughs> oh, now and with that wakanda forever <laughs> hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.